That is pretty good. This Decade of Destiny series has been an amazing time. Last week, Brother Matt really brought the Word of God. If you, were, if you weren't able to be here, you can go to our YouTube channel, watch all of the series, The Decade of Destiny. I know Pastor Ruben has brought the Word of God. I know Brother Matt. And I know that God is just doing tremendous things throughout this series because this decade is going to be a decade of destiny. Amen. That God wants to bless our life. He, that he wants to prosper every single one of us. Every single one of us here tonight, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them God wants to prosper you. And I want you to turn to your neighbor on your other side and say God wants to prosper you. And if you're sitting by yourself, I want you to get both of your fingers, point them to yourself and say God's going to prosper you. Amen. So um, tonight we're going to continue down the same vein talking about the blessings of God. And we're about to be talking about God's plan for financial blessing inside of our life. Now, if you have your Bibles, book of Luke chapter 12. Book of Luke chapter 12, and we're going to go to verse 15. Book of Luke. When you get there, say amen. You guys are pretty quick. <laughs> book of Luke chapter 12, verse 15. The Bible reads like this. It says, Jesus replied, man, who appointed me as a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to him, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. I'm going to continue. And then he told him a parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store all my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. In verse 20, look what it says. It says, but God said to him, you fool, that very night your life will be demanded from you then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Why don't we go ahead and pray this uh, evening. Lord, we thank you for your grace, for your goodness, for your mercy, Lord. And right now, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come down, that you would encourage lives. We, we thank you for the presence of God. We thank you for the worship that set the atmosphere of praise to your name. I pray that today, Lord, if there's anyone here that has no hope for their finances, I pray if there's anyone here today that needs your wisdom, I pray if there's anyone here today, Lord, who is going through a rough time in their finances, that tonight you would give them hope. I pray that tonight, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would prosper them, Lord, that you would bless their finances, God, as they, as they honor you and your word. I pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would begin, Lord, to give them ideas, Lord, insight, blessing. And, Lord, I pray if there's any discouragement, Lord, on this subject, Lord, that you would wipe that away and give them encouragement and strength. Lord, we know that you're God, you're Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And we pray right now, Lord, that you would guide this message for your glory and your kingdom. And all of God's people said, 
Amen and amen. You know, one of the things that, uh, that we just seen, we just said, is that God wants to prosper us inside of our life. Now, you and I, we think about that. You, you think about why does God want to prosper me? Why does God want to bless my life? Why does God want me to be financially blessed inside of my life? And the reality is this, is that God wants you blessed to be a blessing. That God wants to bless your life so that you can bless others because the reality is, is that every single one of us here today, that God, he wants to bless our life in every way. He wants to bless our life in every way. And one of the ways that God does bless our life is in the area of finances. He does bless our life in the area of finances. But at the same time, the enemy will attack us in this area because he knows that if he can't get us go back to the drug connection, if he can't get us to go back out to the clubs, if he can't get us to go back out to, you know, the world, he knows that financial discouragement will rob the joy of God from your life. If you're a bad steward, if you're in debt, if you have the bill collectors calling you and you're having all these things going on, he'll know it'll rob you of the joy that you have by being a good steward inside of your life. And you might say, Pastor Danny, are you a good steward? Well, let me say this. God has helped me over the years. Because I remember when I barely got married, I thought that credit cards were a gift from the Lord. I thought they were made in heaven. But I didn't know that they were being made down there in the bottomless pit. And that's the way some of debt looks like, a bottomless pit, right? But through the years, what God has showed me is to not only honor God in my giving, but also to be a wise steward over what God entrusts inside of my life, to enjoy what I have, to not always want something, you know, want that thing and this thing, but to enjoy what I have, to budget, to do all these things. So why? So I can be a good steward of the things that God has blessed me with. Do I have everything? No. Do I have a lot? You know what? I am a blessed, rich man because what? There are some things that money cannot buy that God will give you inside of your life that will give you joy and peace and strength inside of your life. See, life is not about acquisition. Uh, never let the things money can't, can buy rob you of the things money can't buy. Let me say that one more time. Never let the things money can buy rob you of the things money can't buy. There's some things that money can't buy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. There's some riches. One of them I want to talk about is respect. When people respect you, why? Because you're a woman of God, because you're a man of God. That, that's something that's priceless. When, you, when you're walking in, in a right testimony, that's something that money cannot buy. Another thing that you and I is dignity. That's something that money cannot buy. To walk with dignity inside of our life, why? Because of what Christ has done for us, amen. That you and I are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That you and I are right standing, that we stand righteous before God, why? Because of what Jesus has done inside of our life that's something money cannot buy living with morals that's something that money can buy it's something that you and I do why because we listen to the Word of God we listen to the Word of God and what does it do it gives us morals and standards inside of our life money cannot buy that another thing that money cannot buy is trust 
Trust what? It's a rare commodity that's earned. Why? When someone keeps their promise and their word, trust is something that money cannot buy. Another thing that money cannot buy is time. When you and I lose it, you know, it's gone forever. Money cannot buy time. Another thing that money cannot buy is integrity. Integrity for you and I to know who we are in Christ and those who know us knowing who we are. Money cannot buy integrity. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 16, verse 9, it says, Jesus said, I tell you, use worldly wealth. Everyone say, use worldly wealth to gain eternal friends. For yourself so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. If you haven't been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. You and I, we can't. We can't serve God and we can't serve money. Now, if you have, if you have a new King James Version or you have a King James Version, it's going to say you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, mammon, um, what mammon was, what some, what some commentators say mammon was, is was a Canaanite god, mammon. A Canaanite god of, uh, of prosperity and greed. Now, mammon is something that we see at work today, inside of, inside of the world today. Mammon is, is something that we see uh, inside the world today because mammon, what it causes is it causes lack. It causes lack in, inside of the world. But one of the things that we understand about mammon is that mammon, it has to deal with the love of money. The love of money, that, that you have a love, you have a lust for money, you want more money and more money. You have 10000 in your bank account, but you want 20000 in your bank account. You have 20000 but then you want 30000 And it goes on and on and on. There's this, there's this vacuum inside of you that you're never satisfied. But the reality is this, is that money can never satisfy anyone. So mammon is, is the love of money, not only the love of money, but it's the fear of being generous, that you don't want to be generous. You, you don't want to give. You want to hoard and hold on to and not let go. There's this fear that if I give, I will lack, and I want to outdo my competitor. I want to make a lot more money, and when I do a deal, I'm the only one that's going to get the good end of the deal. Now, the reality is this, is that God wants all of us to prosper inside of our life. And as believers and Christians, you and I, whenever we enter into some type of deal with someone, we want them to be able to also prosper themselves. For us that are reading through the book of Acts, one of the things that we see is that what? The believers, what? There was no lack among any of them. Why? Because they had all things in common. You and I, God wants us all to prosper. Every single one of us. And money today is a test. It tests our gratitude. It tests our priorities. It tests our attitude. It tests our values. It tests our character. Jesus said if you're faithful over little... 
you'll be faithful over much. But if you're not faithful over a little, then you'll not be faithful over much. Money is a test. And the reality is this, is that God created us, the, the, the walk, that, the, the life that God created us into, we're all stewards of the things that God has entrusted to us. You think about your spouse, your wife. God has entrusted your wife to you. God is your father-in-law. That's his daughter. A lot of us, we, we, don't, we didn't ever seen God as our father-in-law. That's his daughter. God has entrusted us with our kids, our, our sons, our daughters. They've been entrusted to our care by God. That you and I were entrusted to raise them up, to teach them the ways of God. God has entrusted us with our time. He's entrusted us with our talent. He's entrusted us also with our resources. We're all stewards inside of life. The reality is we all know we came here with nothing, and guess what? We're going to leave with nothing. Everything that, all the money that you and I have is going to pass through our hands. It's not going to go with us down, you know, when we're, we are buried. You and I, once we're, we're done, guess what? We're done. All that money that you saved, that you accumulated, you know what, is going to be given to your children. It's going to be given to those who you entrusted to. And if you don't have a will, then it's going to go to the state of California. But the thing that I want to try, try to tell you is that what you have is not your own. Everything that we do have comes from God. Your job was a gift from God to you. The finances that you have was a gift from God to you. Everything that we do have. So I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to say you're a steward. You're a steward of the things that God has given you inside of our life. And, and to this, this evening, I want to talk about seven things that will help us to be good stewards over the things that God's blessed us with so you and I can prosper. Now, you think about debt. Debt occurs because what? Because many times what's taken place is there was bad stewardship. Something had taken place where you're, maybe you're not, you're, you're the, the planning phase or whatever it may have been. But then there's also good habits that will get you back to that place of prosperity and blessings inside your life. Where you're going, okay, God, thank you. Uh, that I'm able to give to others. Thank you that I'm able to help others out. And there are uh, habits that will help us that are all found in the Word of God. They're all found in the Word of God. And one of the things you know about Jesus is that Jesus, he talked more about money than he did about prayer and more than he did about faith. See, stewardship is huge. And we, we just read two statements from Jesus about stewardship. It's, it's huge. So we're going to talk about the first thing tonight. The first thing for financial blessing is this. Give the first 10% back to God. You might be saying, Pastor, I'm about to leave the church right now. <laughs> Let's go to the Word of God. Book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. And when you get there, say amen. Book of Proverbs Chapter 3 and verse 9. All right, so verse 9. 
The Bible says these words. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Barn represents like a bank account or savings or, or, or some type of uh, a trust. It says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now, they say this, is that in America, only 5%, only 5% of Americans tithe their money. Only 5%. And that's been about the same since early 2000s. It was a Barnapole that keeps on coming out. Right around 5 to 7%. Of people tie their money. Now, one of the things that stops many people from tithing is fear. Fear that they will have what? Lack. And they won't have enough. And, and that, you know, uh, man, I, how am I going to get my bills paid? And all these things that come to all of us inside of our life every time that you and I step out into the supernatural realm of God's provision. Now, let me say this. Inside of my life, there's some of you here today. I was just talking to a young adult maybe about two weeks ago. And he was telling me a story how he went to Washington on this trip. And he says, you know what, my mom taught me about tithing and all throughout her life, all my life, tithing. And, I, and me and him were kind of laughing because my parents did the same thing. I remember my parents doing the same thing about tithing and tithing and tithing. And he said, but you know what, Pastor Danny, I'm seeing God's miracles in my life. When I went to Washington, someone gave me $510. And I said, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And he goes, the crazy thing, Pastor, is this, is that I know it's a small blessing, but God told me he was going to give me the money for the trip. And I didn't know how he was going to do that. And when I was on my way, no one gave me no money. I got there. I got off the plane. And then someone said, oh, here goes some money. This is the, you know, the, some, I forgot the whole story, but it was $510. And I said to myself, I said, man, I, I think about all the things that God has done as you and I are faithful to God. And many of you here today, you can write a book of all the provision that God has blessed you with and all the ways that God has came through. Why? Because God is faithful. I remember a story in my life. I mean, so many stories. I remember one time coming to conference. I didn't know how we were going to come to conference in a July. I was like, how am I going to get a hotel? And, and, you know, we're going to have to buy a cup of noodles for the room. Nothing wrong with a couple of noodles. They're really good. <laughs> and I was, how am I going to do it? What am I going to do that weekend? You know, I was thinking about, and I remember I got a check in the mail. How many of you ever heard of the checks in the mail? You know, pr on Friday night, this Friday night, someone's probably going to be talking about a check in the mail. And so there, there was this check that came in the mail, and I remember I was able to pay for my room. I was able to pay for, you know, the kids. I said, kids, you know what, we don't need to get a couple of noodles. Do you guys want to go to McDonald's? You guys want a meal? We're not going to get the 99 cents meals tonight. You guys pick whatever number you want. Do you want a Sunday? Do you want a milkshake? What else do you want? Because God is faithful. God is so faithful when you honor him with the tithe and the offering. You say, well, why should I do it? Book of Malachi, chapter 3. When you get there, say amen. Book of Malachi, chapter 3. How many love Jesus out there? And I know 
that God is true to his word. He is. He's so true to his word. And this particular portion of scripture, he says something unique that he does not say anywhere else in the word of God. So we'll go to verse 8, and he says these words. He says, well, a mere mortal robbed God, yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me. Test me. Everyone say, test me. In this, says the Lord, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines in the field will not uh, drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. This is so good. Have any of you ever felt like your wallet had holes in it? Have anyone felt like someone's, you know, identity theft into my bank account? What's going on with my money? Why, why do I say, but I feel like I'm broke all the time? Let me ask you the question. Have you put God to the test in the area of the tithe? If the statistics are right and only 5% of the church gives, that will probably be like the first four rows of this church. But can you imagine if you put God to the test, what he would do inside of your life personally? All of a sudden, you would step into a new realm. You would step into a supernatural realm where God begins to bless you. You might be uh, down the street and someone, you know, say, hey, you know what, I just want to, I don't know why you remind me of my Theo from a ranch in Mexico, and I just want to give you some money. You know, there's so many things that can take place in your life when God gets involved in this area of tithing. You know, what God has done inside of my life. Let, let me say this. What God has done inside of my life in the area of tithing, this is what he's done. He showed me that he can multiply the little that I have to meet all the needs for my wife and for my four kids, my teenage kids, but God has done that ever since they were little babies. God has provided for us ever since they were little babies. And I remember I was about 17, 18 years old, 19 years old. I remember I had just graduated with a, a degree as a legal assistant, a certificate as a legal uh, assistant to be a paralegal. And I remember I was, I was about to get married and I remember I was in my living room, in my dad's living room. I was walking around and I was like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it because this is not enough money to raise a family. This is not enough money to have a wife. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't even have an apartment. I don't even have anything. I, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I remember the Spirit of God went into that living room. Went into that living room. And I said, God, the way, the way you helped my dad and you always provided for my dad, I need you to do that for me. And I remember in that living room, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came in there. And it gave, the Spirit of God gave me peace that everything was going to be all right. And that as long as I honored him and put him first, that all my needs were going to be met inside of my life. 
Now, some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Why? Because two plus two with God doesn't equal four. God will multiply the little that we give him, and he'll meet the need in a supernatural way. And some of you say, okay, Pastor Danny, I understand that. I know you talk about that. I know you shared that story before. I know, I know you love tithing. I know it's something that's really good for you, but I've done it. I've done it. And you know what? I, I, I'm still broke. Well, let me ask you this. Let me say this. Just because you tithe doesn't mean you have a license to be a bad steward. It's like having a really, really unhealthy meal and saying, Lord Jesus, just bless this food right now. And you think about your life. Think about your life tonight. Church, just because you tithe doesn't mean we can be bad stewards. Real quick, tonight, being a good steward. How many want to be a good steward of, of all that God's done in our, of our life? Amen. First thing is this. Really quick, we'll go through these points. First one is trust God as my source and my supply. Your job is not your provider. Your boss is not your provider. God is your provider. He's your source. He's your source. Every day, say, Lord, bless me with finances. Lord, bless me with finances to meet the need inside of this life. Lord, bless me with finances that I can be a blessing to others. Trust God as your source and your supply. Another thing that I want to talk about is do your work as an act of worship. Do your work as an act of worship. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So tonight, your boss is Jesus. Your undercover boss is Jesus. You know, when your boss is not looking, let me say this. If there's nothing to do at work, find something to do. Start doing jumping jacks for Jesus or something. But the reality is this. Do something. Always do something. I remember years ago working at Corcoran State Prison, and I remember we were in the, this, this uh, place working that was far away from our boss. Our boss was outside the gates of Corcoran State Prison. And he would come maybe once a month to the job site. And that day I was working by myself. And I remember some of the guys, what they would do is they take really, really long breaks. And I remember that day I was working by myself. It was a dark room. The scaffold was in there. The light was on. And I know I could have took a little nap, you know. But I just started sanding. And I was sanding in that room, sanding away. And I was there. And all of a sudden I heard the door open. I turned around. And my boss was right there. This guy, you would hardly see him. But he was there. But you know what, church? Every time that you and I have a job, we want to work at it as unto the Lord, not unto men. You're not working for your, your boss. You're working for Jesus. And the world is watching. So what does God bless? God blesses planning. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.5, good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Another thing that God blesses is initiative. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter four, uh, 10, verse 4, lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Going to the next thing that I wanted to talk about today is another thing that we want to do with our finances, if we're going to see the blessings of God, is you want to keep good records. You want to keep good records. So maybe you're here today and, and you don't really keep track of where you're spending and, and what you're doing. You want to download some type of app so you can be accountable to yourself. Okay, this is where my money's going. 
This is how much I'm spending on food. This is how much I'm spending on entertainment. This is how much I'm spending in, on clothes. This is how much I'm spending in this area and that area. You have to keep good records so you can walk in the blessings of God. The Bible says this in um, Proverbs 27, 23. Riches can disappear fast. So watch your business interest closely. Know the state of your flocks and herds. We don't have flocks and herds, but we do have savings account and checkings accounts. Watch them. Keep an eye on them. So look at where you're spending and where your money is going. Another thing that we must do if we're going to see the blessings of God inside of our life is we must save and invest for the future. The Bible says in Proverbs 21, verse 20, a wise man saves for the future, but a foolish man spends whatever he gets. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 11, money that comes, e that comes easily disappears quickly, but money that is gathered little by little will grow. The next thing that I want to talk about is so critical that you and I do this as people of God, as stewards, is you and I budget with our spending. That you and I have some type of budget where you and I say, okay, God, uh, you know what, I'm going to put you first with my tithe. And all of a sudden you begin to go to all the other things inside of your life, but you put God first inside of your life. You say, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to budget my money in a way that honors you. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.5, plan carefully and you will have plenty. If you act too quickly, you will never have enough. The worship team can make their way up here today. Plan. Budget. Save. You see the blessings of God flowing inside of your life. You see the blessings of God. See, many of the problems that happen in, in, in a marriage, a lot of times they deal with finances. Many of the times when people come in here discouraged and they don't have the joy, finances. Many times when, when people are just, man, I, I'm going through so much. Finances. I remember years ago, like I said, when I just had gotten married, I had to learn the hard way. I remember my father telling me, Danny, you have to, you have to plan, you have to, you have to budget, you have to have all this in order. But I remember, you know what, I thought, money grew on trees. I thought, you know what, this is the blessings of God in my life. But it wasn't. What it was was poor management. And looking back at all those years and looking back at what God's done in my life now, now, have no credit card debt, none, none whatsoever, none whatsoever. But there was a time in my life where I couldn't see that this was going to happen. I couldn't see that. But what has God taught me? He taught me how to budget. He taught me how to save. He taught me how to enjoy what I do have. Enjoy what I do have. Enjoy the things that I do have. Enjoy the, the things that he's blessed me with. Enjoy going home and eating a home-cooked meal. Enjoying those things. He's taught me how to enjoy those things that, what, that show wise stewardship. That bring glory to his name, that bring honor to his name. 
And you and I as people of God, I know that the enemy will lie to us and say, you know what, you need more, you know, you, you, you need that thing, and you need this thing, and you, you need this and that. But the reality is this, is that if you had everything this world had to offer, you still wouldn't be fulfilled. You still wouldn't have joy. That only comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. That only comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. So now when I go and I, you know, I look at my backyard and I look at, you know, uh, my little barbecue pit that I have, even though sometimes I want to get that big old barbecue pit, but I enjoy my little barbecue pit. That's my barbecue pit. You know, that's the one that God's blessing you with. To enjoy what you have because the reality is if you don't enjoy what you have now, you never enjoy what you get later. You'll never enjoy your bank account being full of, of all kinds of things and, and this thing and, and that thing. You'll never enjoy it. Why? Because the only way you and I find true fulfillment and joy is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul said it best in the book of Philippians chapter 4. He says, I've learned to be content having a lot. I've learned to be content with a little bit. He goes, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. And he goes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. How could Paul say that? How could he find the secret to contentment that way? You know how he knew that Jesus was with him whatever he was going through. Whatever he was facing, that God's grace was greater. That God's grace was greater than all the possessions and all the material things and all the money that this world had offered. He knew that God's grace was greater. And the same thing with us. We'll never be satisfied in our life until we have that relationship with Jesus, knowing that he's with us right now. Whatever you're going through tonight, Whatever you're facing tonight, he's with you. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Danny, I'm going through something totally different. The good news tonight is God is with you. That God's grace is there. That God's grace is enough and it's sufficient for you. I know that God is so, so good. You know, God is good when you go out to your favorite restaurant and, and you know, that's awesome. But God is good even when you're having beans and rice and, you know, uh, whatever you have on the side. God is still good. God is good when you get that, you know, that, that, uh, that, that blessing that you have. But God is good when you take care of the blessings that he's already given you. God is faithful throughout it all. And the reality is this, church, is that God's grace is sufficient. This evening, God wants to bless us all financially to be a blessing. But we must remember that no matter how much he blesses us, don't serve the blessing, serve the blesser. Serve the blesser and keep him number one inside of your life. 